Blog Talk Radio. As always, we are hoping to bring some things to you that maybe you weren't in touch with prior to, and today will be nothing less than that. Today we have a special um, opportunity to bring some exciting information to our panel of listeners. Um, And today we're going to have Ms. Jazzy Jones-Smith on the air with us as well to navigate us through some of the things that's been going on in the greater Atlanta area and beyond and we're going to also have an opportunity to uh, have some insight on things going on in some other areas outside of the Atlanta area. So today's broadcast is very brought to you by From Words to Action Outreach Ministries, Mental Health in the African American Community, Bubba Max of Douglasville, Insurance Associates of Atlanta, and Pizza Day of Stockbridge, Georgia. If you want to tune in and be a part of this and be a part of the conversation, you can call our studio line at 347-826-7520. We are live, and I'm going to give that number again because I know I ran through it really, really, really fast. Yes, you uh, did. That number really again. Did. <laughs> I did. It's 347-826-7520. So how are you feeling today, Miss Jazzy? <laughs> you know what? I'm actually doing wonderful. We are, and I, I think you forgot to tell everybody all of the wonderful sounds that you're hearing. We're actually on site live at Bubba Max, Douglasville, Georgia, where they have absolutely amazing food. Um, we wanted to come out and, and uh, feature 
those that support us. And so yes, and be in the you know, all of our listeners. Exactly. So all of our listeners are hearing all of the activity behind you, but it's a joy to be out where people support um, the community. They give great service, great food, and so definitely um, come out and join us. I'm trying to give them the address because I just ride along, so you might want to speak a little loud so people can hear you. Absolutely. We are actually here at 5620 Fairburn Road in Douglasville, Georgia, 30134 is the zip code where they have the best of Philly steaks, wings, burgers, salads, and more. Definitely a staple in this community since 1997. So they're not going anywhere at all anytime soon. No, they're not going anywhere. And their slogan is, you know, once you do Bubba Mac, I thought you were going to finish it. Okay, thank you. I'll shut it again. Once you go Bubba Mac, (laughs) you'll never go back. He's going to get a kick out of that, yeah. right? Yeah, he's going to get a kick out of that. Yes. You know, but thank you, you know, thank you so much, listening audience, for joining us today. We have some exciting news that's going to be brought to you by none other than Jeff Graham of Georgia Equality, who we adore for the work, for the message, and for all of the things that um, he does for the LGBT community and allies. And so, you know, we wanted to bring him uh, to bring him on so that you can see our conference we actually covered. And Sunny, I don't know, you may need to get away from that particular little group. I know it's a little, little noisy back there, so I want everybody to be able to hear. Um, she she muted herself out. I, I so love the dashboard because you're able to <laughs> you're able to do wonderful do those things, right? I know, right? So. But nevertheless, I wanted everybody to be able to hear that Jeff Graham did a wonderful um, conference presentation to corporate America and brought the conversation that everybody needs to have, I think, in my opinion, about diversity in the workplace. And it was absolutely incredible. You know, we worked together during the marriage equality campaign that we launched May Day, uh, Georgia Equality, and then May Day across the states about the equality and the rights that we have as same-gender-loving couples. But just in general, even if you're not a same-gender-loving couple, um, you're transgender and you wanted to get married and or, or, or whatever, whatever your status, whatever your identification, wherever you are, if you are an American and if you are human, and even pets have rights too, but nevertheless, everybody has a right to something according to the laws. And if those laws are breaking our civil rights, then we have to help change the laws. And so you have organizations like Georgia Equality, um, Equality Florida, because we work with them as well, and May Day, um, you know, our our campaign worked right alongside of, you know, so many others. And so we have the opportunity to cover that event, and it was just incredible. So we uh, spoke with Jeff Graham, so he did agree that we could bring this pre-recorded uh, conference and presentation to you. And so we wanted to do that today. Along the way, we got word from all the way in Dallas, Texas. And in Dallas, Texas this weekend, and a little bit later on today, the teens of Dallas, Texas, as well as, you know, um, the community at large, but we're specifically targeting 
the teens of Dallas, Texas are having their uh, teen pride. And a lot of times in the LGBT community, youth is overlooked. You know, they, you know, some places kind of give them a little spot, but for the most part, they're just kind of overlooked. So you have the parties and the clubs, but you don't have sometimes the specific um, celebrations of being young and accepted and knowing who you are and speaking your authentic truth. And so Amanda there in, in Dallas, whom we're going to get, we, we haven't met, but I feel like I know her. Pastor Will Horn there at Cosmopolitan Church introduced us by way of information. And we found out that these young people who will be celebrating who they are and just enjoying their pride celebration also now has the challenge and somewhat the fear of being targeted and bullied by adults who don't agree. Now, the sad part about that is they already, a lot of them have been put out of their homes Once they have said, I'm going to come out to my parents or come out to my guardians, my family, come out at school or or just wherever, a lot of these children in Dallas, Texas and across the United States and abroad are being put out because they want to be truthful about who they are. And so it's a sad situation. And so you have organizations that come in um, from words to action definitely is one But we're going to talk to um, a beautiful group there in Dallas, Texas, that has said, you know what, we're going to support our kids. So we're going to have them come on after Jeff Graham gives us a full conference and presentation on being out in corporate America and the diversity that is now so present and how we can protect those that do the work. They do good work, but they just happen to be gay or transgender or bisexual or whatever their identification is, and it is against the law. And if it's not against the law, then it needs to be. Laws need to be changed to adjust to our society as a whole. So we're excited about the show, and um, we're not going to take up too much time because it's a two-hour show, and we don't want it to run into three hours because we'll be cut right off. So we're going (laughs) to... going to let Sunny come back in and give you some of our sponsor information. I'll come back on and give you a brief synopsis a little bit later about From Words to Action Outreach Ministries and some of the things that we do around the states and around the world. And uh, just enjoy. Call in 347-826-7520 if you have any questions or comments. We definitely want you to call in um, when we have our guests live on um, and then if you have any questions about George Equality and any other things that you hear, we will definitely post those um, um, answers, if if you will, and um, get that information to you. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Insurance Associates Atlanta, formerly Mathis Insurance Services, is an independent agency offering personal, commercial, life, and health insurance products to meet the needs of your business and your family. We specialize in helping you protect all of your assets, whether you're purchasing insurance for the first time or searching for better products at a better price. Feel free to contact us at 770-483-0310. We're conveniently located at 1030 Remington Drive in Conyers, Georgia. Visit us online at insurance-iaa.com.
Hi, my name is Carolyn McKenzie. I'm founder and president of Mental Health in the African American Community. Suicide claims about 40,000 lives every year in the United States. Traditionally, African Americans have felt that suicide wasn't as much of a problem as it is in other communities. However, a pattern has emerged among African Americans that could contradict reports of low suicide rates among blacks. Mental Health in the African American Community is a national nonprofit organization based in Stockbridge, Georgia. I started this agency because my niece had a mental breakdown and stabbed me and killed herself. We are doing something. Every Monday night, we have an open discussion called Let's Talk About It. Please come check us out at 125 Eagles Landing Parkway, Suite 121B in Stockbridge, Georgia. For more information, call 770-873-4496. That's 770-873-4496. Or visit our website, mhiaac.org, mhiaac.org. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Bubba Max, located at 5620 Fairburn Road in Douglasville, Georgia, serving up the best Philly steaks, wings, burgers, salads, and more in the Douglasville area since 1997. Open seven days a week right off of I-20, exit 37, right next door to Pizza Hut. Be sure to visit them online at BubbaMax.com. Once you go Max, there's no turning back. You're listening to the Loud Mouth yeah, Radio yeah, Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so you just heard that wonderful commercial, and if you guys could smell the aroma of all of this food, oh, my God. Um, definitely come over here and visit, and once you visit, you must purchase good, good food. So you heard it from me. I support the message of the food, yes, and all that kind of good stuff. But the music was really good, uh uh, uh, producer, give me a little bit more of that. Just, you know, briefly, just let me get my jam on. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. See what I'm saying? I know I see y'all bopping your head. Uh-huh. That's old school. That's okay. Do none of those new dances on the old school. Uh, uh. Okay, cut it, cut it. I felt like I was on stage about to do a comedy show. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I really felt like that, um, but anywho, we have a we have a great show uh, coming up, and so I, I know we had some technical difficulties. Did we get those things worked out? We're good to go. We're good to go. Okay, briefly before we we come on, I want everybody to know the information that you are about to hear from Jeff Graham uh, once. Uh, before we went to break, I said Jeff Graham would be on from Georgia Equality. And you are able to find the information that he's going to speak about at Georgia, spelt out, georgiaequality.org. So if you have any, any questions and if you want to learn more about it, you want to be a part of that group um, and find out how you can volunteer and help, please do um, go to the website and find out more information. But for now, sit back 
or make your way over, turn this up on, on um, you know, your iPhones and phones and all those kind of stuff. And if you don't have an iPhone, a Galaxy phone like mine will do. And then just make your way over to Bubba Max so you can eat lunch and listen to the entire show with us. So you can do that too. Anyway, I'm going to shut up so you can hear a really great presentation from Jeff Graham of Georgia Equality. Organizations such as the National Center for Human Rights Education, the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta, the Atlanta City Council, and the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. He is currently a board member of Pro Georgia and co chairs the National Equality Federation. With all due respect, we do create Mr. Jeff Graham. to be here with everyone today, and I realize that I am the only thing that's standing between you and a beer. So uh, we are going to go through this as fast as we can, but it's also about recognizing that you here in this room have the power to change the state of Georgia as it relates to the LGBT community. And so I'm going to try to get through uh, kind of the state of equality as quickly as I can so that we can talk a little bit about what I mean when I say you have this power in this, in this room to change things. Uh, before I start, though, I do want to recognize we do have a special guest in the audience, and I'm so glad she's here today, and that is State Representative Keisha Wade. So thank you for being here. She is one of the champions that works hard for each and every one of us every day of the legislature, whether or not we live in her district. So thank you so much, Representative Wade. So, real quickly, there are approximately 300,000 folks who identify as LGBT that live in the state of Georgia. About 260,000 of them are adults. That's what the Williams Institute measures uh, using U.S. Census data. Um, they only look at people 18 and above. Uh, we know that folks are coming out younger and younger, and so that's why at Georgia Equality we actually round that up uh, to 30 to 300,000. We know that that's more um, uh, to, to look at youth that are coming out. I also think it's important to recognize, uh, as the plenary uh, at lunch talked about, allies. So if each of the 300,000 of us who identifies as LGBT has just two people in our lives that cares about us, and we know that most of us have way more than two people. But if we just have two people in our lives, we're an army of almost a million strong here in the state of Georgia. And that is important because oftentimes we think that change cannot happen because our numbers are too small, because Georgia is too conservative, because the South as a region lags behind. Dispel those notions. Change can and will happen if we activate people. We know that there's about 22,000 same-sex households, about 20% of them raising children. So we are a movement about family values. We are a movement about love. And to show that we're not just isolated here in the metro Atlanta area, we have pride celebrations throughout the entire state. It's a community that is finding its voice, finding its sense of security, finding its sense of urgency to tell our story as LGBT people, and we're doing it around the state, which is exactly what we need to do. We did a survey a couple of years ago on one of the projects that Georgia Equality does in conjunction with uh, our friends at the Health Initiative, 
is the Philip Rush Center, which is your uh, LGBT community centered here in Metro Atlanta. A couple of years ago, we sent out surveys to about 2,100 respondents. Uh, people responded from 94 of 159 counties, so we had a pretty good response rate from folks around the state of Georgia. Like I say, it was a couple of years ago. The most important issues that people had is expanding civil rights protections, expanding rights and recognition of LGBT families, and ensuring safe schools uh, for LGBT youth. I want to see support services, legal advice, and meeting or socializing space. So it's still important that we understand um, how to go about our lives. Uh, if we need issues that we don't understand uh, trouble in our lives, we want to go and find people who we know are not going to judge us for being LGBT. So that's what we mean by support services. Legal advice, a lot of us are unsure of what rights we do or do not have. And meeting and socializing space, we still feel most comfortable hanging out in spaces that we know will not judge us for who we are and who we love. Um, folks felt that compared uh, to Georgia, uh, to life in other states, that it's a little bit more difficult, somewhat more difficult. So the vast majority of folks felt that it was a little or somewhat more difficult to live your life as an LGBT person here in Georgia compared to other states. Um, and we asked uh, if people felt discrimination, um, homophobia or transphobia, um, I, almost half of folks had experienced it at least once within the last year. And when you look at the transgender community, it's much more likely to happen there, a sense of bias. Uh, same thing with, with uh, public accommodations uh, and workplace. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going the wrong way. Um, so these are the issues that we work on here at Georgia Equality and big news, Relationship recognition, I finally got to check something off the box. So, 30 years almost of work, and I finally got to check something off the box. So, um, where are we with the, these things? So, LGBT rights in general in Georgia, we talked that there's not much, but there's a little bit. There's a little bit of hope. Uh, 59 municipalities uh, cover at least their own city employees uh, against discrimination based on sexual orientation. Now, only about a dozen of them include gender identity, and so Chanel Haley uh, has joined our team at Georgia Equality, and she is going to help us change that situation for transgender individuals, because gender identity must be included. Um, we've got 20, uh, we have, since 1996, open, uh, elected 20 uh, openly LGBT, and in fact, it is LGBT. Uh, we did elect a transgender woman uh, to the Riverdale City Council several years ago. Um, currently, 12 are in office, including three um, openly state, uh, openly uh, lesbian, actually, uh, state representatives. So we um, have the beginning of a good, solid political movement here in Georgia as well. Um, and then to show that the tide has begun to shift, we have actually seen no specifically anti-LGBT legislation that has passed since 2004. So we've blocked all of the bad stuff today. I'm going to talk about some challenges we still have ahead of us because they continue to throw the bad stuff at us. But after 11 years of successfully fighting the bad stuff, frankly, I'm sick of that. I wanted to fight the good stuff. I wanted to have some wins and some successes because we've got 300,000 people that are depending upon me, Chanel, the other folks at Georgia Equality, and by the end of the talk today, all of you in this room as well. Yeah. So I, I'm new to Georgia, so I might not know if this stuff has been in the news, but 
has how many um, like like movements or things that have been up for legislation that have been like that haven't passed? Yeah, I you know it, there's there's been a lot. Of, I think we'll talk a little bit about that. Okay, but there have been quite a few attempts to to impose um, some negative legislation on us. Um, I just wanted you to look at the map of where the non-discrimination policies on a municipal level exist. So I know that almost everybody here represents corporate America, but we're talking then about municipalities. The reason I think this map is important is that you expect it in the metro Atlanta area. You may not expect it down uh, around the area of Waycross. So it can be, and it is, a statewide movement. Um, we'll start with looking at the Campaign for Safe Schools. So these are school districts around the state. Um, that uh, have put into place um, policies that look at sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, or where there are active campaigns. So again, we're very active around the state looking at the issues of youth. Um, where this comes from is that our first success in being proactive happened in 2011 uh, when a state bill was finally passed in Georgia that compelled all school districts to revise their bullying and harassment policies. Now, unfortunately, we were not able to keep in the enumerated categories. Um, so sexual orientation and gender identity were not mandated by law. But it was a Republican-led bipartisan bill, which is the key to our success here in Georgia. We have to have bipartisan support for legislation to push it forward. Uh, between January 2012 and January 2014, as we began to implement this program around the state, now I can say that 63% of public school students in the state of Georgia, and you saw that previous map, are covered by uh, sexual orientation, 41% of students covered by policies that specifically include gender identity. Our goal is to not stop with this campaign until we hit at least 80% coverage in both categories, and then we hope to take it back to the state legislature and make it the law throughout the entire state of Georgia. So we continue to work on making a safe school environment, but we still have work to do. Um, we also work at HIV and AIDS, and so we have what we call the Georgia HIV Advocacy Network. There's over 50,000 people living with HIV and AIDS in Georgia. Um, there's a lot of new infections um, in youth, uh, 13 to 29, uh, this is data, the most recent year that we have it, even though it's a few years old, 1,300 young people diagnosed with HIV in a one-year period of time. So don't fool yourself to think that the HIV epidemic is something retro from the 80s. It is still very much with us today, and it very much hits young people. 57% gay and bisexual men, so it is still an issue or again an issue for the LGBT community. And a couple of years ago, the CDC announced uh, the HIV infection rates uh, in gay and bisexual men, and then here in Metro Atlanta, very specifically, an annual HIV infection rate of a little over 12% of young uh, gay and bisexual men, African American, between the ages of 18 and 24. And so it's a serious issue that we need to look at there's been some talk, uh, someone earlier, one of the panels had said, uh, you know, that a, a lot of black gay and bisexual men feel that they may, may be left behind. And I certainly first don't want you to think that I am saying that all black gay and bisexual men are living with HIV. That's not it. 
but I am saying that we need to do specific targeted programming to not just address HIV, but address what is what are the needs, how do you build political will, and how do you build political voice and power specifically amongst gay and bisexual black men. Um, so we also have to work on funding and policy prevention uh, priorities here in the state of Georgia. Protecting parental rights. So this is where we get into some of the legislation we've been able to fight back against. Uh, between 2004 and 2008, every single year, there was an attempt to introduce a constitutional amendment for the voters that would prohibit same-sex couples or, or LGBT folks from being adoptive or foster parents. We were able to keep that bottled up in committee each of those years. Between 2008 and 2015, there's been rumors of it coming up, but we've actually been able to, to quickly kill it. But it is something that may come up again this next year as we continue to battle around religious exemptions. Hate crimes legislation. Georgia's one of only five states without hate crimes legislation. It's been introduced each session since 2004. Um, unfortunately, if we don't have a state law, the federal law doesn't really protect us. Um, so we know that we need to work on this. Um, our colleagues at the Anti-Defamation League last month have uh, launched a new initiative called 50 States Against Hate. So we will be partnering very closely with them to see if we can get some traction here in Georgia. But going back to what I had said was successful about the Safe Schools Bill, we actually worked closely with ADL to get that one passed. But if we don't have a Republican support on it, we're not going to get anywhere. So we have to find Republicans that will support our efforts to battle hate crimes here in Georgia. This is then where we get to religious exemptions. This is what we've been battling so hard the last couple of years. We've been successful the last two years. Um, it looks at the Federal uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which originally when it passed 23 years ago, uh, first of all, the coalition that put it together, they worked for three years. And they had organizations from across the political spectrum that worked to find compromise and common ground before they even introduced it into Congress. And so I am old enough that I actually remember when it passed. Um, and it was a good thing. It was a great thing when it passed. Because protecting people's ability to participate and exercise in the religion of their choice is a critical value that all of us as Americans need to uphold and value. But as was talked about earlier, the danger is when people's religious views begin to impede and affect the ability of other people to live their life. And that's what we're talking about these days with these RIFRA-style legislations. They're looking for local exemptions. So they're taking, for instance, what would happen here in Georgia if this passes. We have a comprehensive ordinance in the city of Atlanta that covers sexual orientation and gender identity, that covers not just people that work for the city of, of Atlanta, but people who work for employers who are located within the city of Atlanta. It covers a public accommodation. It covers housing. It's a really good, strong ordinance. If this state law would pass, it is specifically designed so that if someone doesn't want to enforce that local ordinance, a business, an employer, a coworker, maybe even a city employee, 
they could claim that to protect the LGBT community against discrimination violates a deeply held religious belief that they may have. And that's where we have problems. That's exactly what this bill is aimed to do. If you don't believe me, it's the words of the folks that support it. We bottled it up earlier this year by an amendment that said, these were as simple as these words, it's a compelling state interest to enforce non-discrimination legislation on a local, state, and federal level. When that amendment got added to the bill here in Georgia, the supporters of that bill said, we will not support this language because it guts the intent of the legislation. It does not give us what we want. And the supporters of the bill killed the bill this last legislative session. So it is about discrimination. Public opinion. This is Georgia public opinion. 63% of people believe it is wrong to discriminate even if it conflicts with an employer's religious beliefs. So it is about basic fairness and we have to have that message loud and clear. Workplace fairness. 79% um, of Georgians respond that they supported inclusion of sexual orientation and gender identity into the State Fair Employment Practices Act. We call, we shorthand this as FIPA. So this is the piece of legislation that we feel can change the tide here in Georgia, to go from just playing defense to actually beginning to have good positive change. Um, this FIPA only extends to state employees. We're only talking about the 90,000 people that work directly for the state of Georgia or the University System of Georgia. But it's still a first and important step. Um, I think I have this in the later slides, but Georgia is one of just a handful of states that actually does not have any statewide civil rights law at all that protects anybody. So there's nothing to amend. It's going to be a much longer conversation to start from scratch on creating broad, comprehensive civil rights laws here in Georgia. Uh, but we do know that we can change this. We know that 90% of voters under the age of uh, 29 support this legislation. So there is a definite difference of opinion when it comes to younger people. This is part of the hope of the future, convincing folks from both parties that they can be trend, be trend makers, looking at the wave of the future, representing the Georgia we all aspire to live in, that young people demand to live in and expect to live in, or they can hold on to the old biases and practices of the past. Clear difference. You can look at the age. A lot of Republicans are starting to read that message as well. Support has increased from 68 to 72 percent. So we know that this has broad bipartisan support. And in the House, uh, actually this is, I'm, I'm sorry, this is an old version of this slide. It went, uh, this last uh, year it actually was introduced with um, 79 co-sponsors. So it was 60 Democrats, 19 Republicans, um, 79, 79 co-sponsors uh, there. So, so we've got even greater bipartisan support going for us. The campaign that we launched uh, in cooperation with uh, HRC and some other groups uh, this last year is uh, Georgia Unites Against Discrimination. 
Uh, I encourage those of you who are interested in finding out more about this campaign, helping us uh, work this, uh, to, uh, to join up at georgiaunites.org. Uh, sign our pledge. Um, uh, it has a twofold message. One is to prevent uh, a bad religious freedom bill from passing here in Georgia, fighting the license to discriminate, but also uh, eventually pushing towards passage of FIPA and setting the stage for broader, comprehensive civil rights protections for everyone here in the state of Georgia. Um, as Cindy Abel said earlier, we launched a video series yesterday. Oh, it's going too fast. <laughs> I am gay, and I am in a long-term relationship. I live with my partner, and I was told, not a problem for us as long as it doesn't affect your teaching. We chose this school because of their record of diversity. Now, the sales does not discriminate against age, race, gender identity, HIV status, sexual orientation, marital status. That was something that I looked at before I took the job. So I started with the chorus, and at the end of that academic year, I was offered the full-time position, built the program, and started growing, and we started fundraising for new uniforms, and in six months we raised $25,000 of our $28,000 goal. October of that year, my partner and I decided to get married, and at that point we've been together for five and a half years. I've been at the school for three. So I went to the president, and I said, we're getting married this coming summer in July. We set a date, we made it official, and his response was, fantastic. This is a great decision for you. I see it as a moral decision for you. I think it is wonderful that you're doing that. And May 1st, I was given my contract for the 14-15 school year. Signed my contract, was given a raise. Then I get an email the last day of school, May 21st, and it said, please come see me, it's from the president, please come to my office at 12.30. So I went and I sat down and he said, we're not going to honor your contract. You will not be teaching here next year. I got a call from the Bishop of Savannah. He said that if we were to keep you in employment, it would be against the teachings of the Catholic Church. So you will not be returning next year. And it was like everything just collapsed. I was told, you didn't do anything wrong. You're an exemplary teacher. It is simply the fact that you're getting married that we have a problem with. It wasn't the fact that I was in this relationship. Right. That's what he told us as well. It was just that we got married. You're gay and getting married. Jim and I were both almost in tears. Um, Logan was very angry. Um, and in tears. And my older son, Mason, who had just graduated, he was very angry. I sent an email about how disappointed and disgusted and um, hurt I was. One of the big reasons we picked this school was because of their history of um, non-discrimination. And both of my boys looked up to him. They saw him as uh, mentor, so to have a school that they're supposed to trust and go back to and feel safe so that they can continue to learn, it had
and say, oh, well, we do discriminate on, on this thing here, then that's really shaken my younger son's um, world quite a bit to, to realize that sometimes um, what people or institutions say they are may not be exactly what it is. And Just because the company has a non-discrimination policy doesn't mean that they have to hold to it. With all the things that we did, it wasn't enough. They didn't do anything wrong. They have a published non-discrimination policy, but it was within the law to fire me because I'm not protected. I'm not protected under the law. So that is one of the other stories. We, we launched one yesterday with the state's employee. Uh, her name is Callie, Connie Galloway. Um, you can find uh, her video on our website uh, on the Georgia Voice uh, uh, news page because uh, they talked about it yesterday. Um, Connie Galloway was the state employee who had worked for just under 30 years for the state of Georgia. She worked in a division of government that worked a lot with children and families. Um, she had a co-worker that constantly complained to her supervisor that the co-worker didn't feel that it was appropriate for a lesbian to be working in a job that dealt with children and that he should fire her. And he kept saying, I'm judging her based on her work performance. I don't care what happens in her private life. This is up in Blue Ridge, Georgia. So it's up, kind of in mountains, extremely conservative part of the state. But he said, I don't care. Well, he eventually was not her supervisor anymore. And the coworker was promoted to the interim supervisor. One of the very first things that as interim supervisor she did well, she found a technicality to fire Connie, but when they were going through the workers, uh, the, the, you know, filing the complaints um, uh, for, uh, uh, not workers' comp, but um, uh, uh, unemployment insurance, uh, the supervisor did admit that it was, she had actually, the, the bias was that Connie was a lesbian. She just didn't want to work with a lesbian, um, so that Connie was able to get unemployment insurance. Um, but Connie's story, and I do encourage you to look at this, is that she was just short of a fully vested pension. The financial impact on her family is $25,000 a year for the rest of her life. Not only losing her job, but losing a pension, $25,000 a year for the rest of her life because of a co-worker bias against her. That's why we have to pass the Fair Employment Practices Act to protect our own state employees. But Flint's story, and part of why I wanted to share Flint's story with you, is that I am sure that all, most if not all of you, work for businesses and corporations that have policies in place. And I know that they are good businesses and that there are nothing but good supervisors and strong folks in HR. And so Connie's story hopefully would never happen to anyone here. But we don't have a state law that backs up the policies in the workplace. And we don't have a federal law that backs up the policies in the workplace. Which means all of us, even if we have policies, there is some level of vulnerability to us. That's what happened with Flint. 
It could happen to other folks. I know of someone who it happened to in the hiring process, but at a university that actually is lauded all over the place for its policies on the LGBT community. And they had offered her a job until they found out she was a lesbian, and then suddenly they decided they were no longer going to have to fill the position. And then six months later, reopened it again, and she was no longer qualified for the position. It's pretty easy to connect those dots. So it is real. The bias and the discrimination is real. And we do need to fight that. And the good news is, oh, and, and, and the point about Cindy Abel mentioning that, I also want to recognize that Cindy is the producer of the, the, the uh, All Things Being Equal series. So they're, they're really well done. Uh, um, there's another story we have, and, and just, uh, you know, I will share that. We'll, we'll be releasing this one publicly in another week or two, but it's actually a success story. It's about Shaw Industries up in uh, Dalton, Georgia. So again, not a hotbed of liberal activism uh, in the state of Georgia. Giselle Vaughn, some of you may know Giselle. Um, she is a transgender woman who transitioned in the workplace. Um, and, and actually, she and her supervisor are there, and they talk about her transitioning and her experiences. And the company actually was so proud of backing up Giselle when she transitioned that they allowed Cindy and her team to come in and film there at Shaw Industries, actually came back a couple times to, to do some reenactments um, uh, of, of the discussions they had. I, it's a really wonderful video of how diversity does work successfully in the workplace. And what uh, her supervisor said was that it pains him to think that Giselle worked for that company for 10 years before Giselle felt comfortable transitioning. And if there's a law that needs to be passed so that the Giselles of the world will know that they're protected and won't lose their job for bringing their authentic self to the workplace, then there should be a law that's passed. These are Republican, straight, white men from some of the most conservative parts of the state that when they really look at the bias that we live with, the repercussions of discrimination, their hearts and minds change. They are allies. They become allies. They are now getting activated to support us. And so that's what I want to talk about next. How can we all do something about this? Because whether we are LGBT ourselves, whether we work for a big corporation with an incredible reputation and strong policies and commitment to diversity, or whether we're a young person or an ally or someone just here out of the community, there's a lot that we have to do because people really do suffer. So there's ways to engage corporate allies that don't involve politics at all. One of the most successful things we've done um, of late was Capital Diversity Day. We did it this last year. We partnered with Out and Equal. You can see the list of companies that joined us. We've got another one coming up the next session um, on March 15th. Um, so, you know, in the coming months, you'll start hearing a little bit more about it. We'll be asking you to talk to your uh, uh, corporate officials uh, to see if your companies will come down. What we did with this is we didn't want it to be just about LGBT issues. We wanted it to truly be about corporate diversity. So companies brought a lot of their corporate diversity teams. Um, you know, 
Koch did actually an incredible job with this. Um, they had folks from their veterans group, their group of parents who have lost children, to be able to talk about the diversity in the workplace, why business res uh, resource groups, why uh, employee resource groups exist. Um, and it just so happened, and trust me, I wish I should probably just tell everybody I, I crafted it this way because I'm that powerful. I'm really not, but that just happened to be the day uh, this last year that the Fair Employment Practices Act got introduced that morning, the same time we were down there for the Diversity Day in 2015. The evening news that night was the Republican chair of the committee where the Fair Employment Practices Act has been assigned, talking on the evening news that night about the introduction of this bill, and that he had met with corporate diversity officers that morning, and he saw how strong diversity efforts are in the workplace, and how it has helped these companies grow and thrive, and it really was a best business practice that he wanted to help bring to the state of Georgia. So we actually had Republican Representative Wendell Willard as the spokesperson for the first LGBT rights piece of legislation that actually has a chance of passing here in Georgia, talking about how proud he is to be one of the co-sponsors. That's change we can believe in, but that's change that really probably only happens because Kyle and Sibby and a bunch of other folks were willing to take the chance to come down and just set up tables and talk about your diversity programs. We didn't talk about legislation at all. A lot of folks were really concerned that you know we're in the middle of all this fight about RIPRA. There's a lot of talk about the corporate community and the corporate response to RIPRA. We didn't want to talk about any of that. We just wanted to talk about diversity. Because the truth of the matter is, as I've gone around, and you know, y'all know that I'm an old man at this point, been doing this for a while, corporate America has really led on this issue. It's an incredibly powerful and important story that needs to get out of this room and out into the public, that needs to get into the halls of the city councils and the county commissions and eventually the state legislature here in Georgia. Because corporate America has really led on this issue. And regardless of the fact that a certain state senator a few weeks ago uh, called Delta's CEO one of the most liberal socialists on the planet, I don't really think he is. I don't really think it's true. I think it's just that Delta knows to value their employees and to value their consumers, as do all the businesses that you represent. So this, telling that story, just educating people on that, you don't even have to talk about legislation. It's just telling that story of corporate diversity is something we have to all work together and find better ways and more meaningful ways of doing it. Um, right now, uh, we're in conversations. Um, in the next month or so, we hope to talk about plans of a business engagement coalition. If you want to see examples of what I'm talking about, you can look on the website. Equality Means Business been going on down in Florida for several years. Texas Compete is another group that came up over this last year. Each of those efforts has hundreds of corporations. Probably
probably some of the corporations that are represented here in this room. And they're not actively engaged in lobbying and advocacy, although a lot of their government affairs folks are doing that work behind the scenes. But it's really to just make statements to the public that the LGBT community is important and shouldn't be discriminated against. Just the statements of values that, again, so many of your corporations already have. So we're hoping to bring this exciting work um, to Georgia. Uh, another way you can engage is by educating your employee resource group. That the corporation, of course, you all know way better than I do, um, and I'm just learning it, can sometimes be difficult to move into big official public positions, especially when we start talking about legislation here in Georgia. But that doesn't mean that you all need to be quiet. Because the other reason that you have the power to change things here in Georgia is at the end of the day, you are something way more special and effective than I am. I get down to the Capitol, I am a lobbyist. You go down to the Capitol, or you contact your elected official, you are a concerned citizen. The most powerful force in American politics, the concerned citizen. I can never be a concerned citizen, because I'm always a lobbyist. I work for an advocacy organization. I can't be profiled. I can't talk because I'm not a gay man. I am a lobbyist. I am a paid advocate. I'm someone who's doing this because it's my job. None of you can talk about these. None of you talk about these things because it's your job. It's because it's your passion. It's your life. It's the people that you care about. It's your own families. It's your coworkers. It's your friends. So you can educate your own ERGs. First of all, voting. It's the most simple thing to do, but a lot of us don't. You gotta be registered, you gotta know the candidates, you gotta know where they stand on the issues, and most importantly here in Georgia, you have to know when to vote. Next year, we're gonna be voting. Higher state legislature will be up for votes. Yes, voting in November will be important, but because of gerrymandering, about 83% of the district are going to be safe with a Democrat or a Republican. Now, which Democrat or which Republican, that gets decided in the primaries. They may know, other than Representative Waits, when the primaries are here in Georgia? July. May. I know, they just, you're, two years ago your answer would have been right. <laughs> but just, you know, just as I was starting to get everybody convinced that the answer was July, they moved it to May. So it's actually May. Who thinks about voting in May? And who thinks that the majority of our legislators will actually be elected in the month of May, not November? So, knowing to register, knowing who the candidates are, knowing where they stand on the issues, and then knowing when to vote. So for those of us in Georgia, that's actually going to be May. Then remembering that there's just two simple rules for influencing public policy. Elected and appointed officials make different decisions when watched by the affected constituency. So we need to know who our elected officials are. Concerned citizens, that's why you're so powerful. Because you're paying attention, you're concerned, and you're a citizen. Um, and then getting the right information to the right person at the right time. That's then where an organization like Georgia Equality comes in. So we can help you with the second one. All you have to do to do the first one is show up. 
make a phone call, send an email, come down to the Capitol on your day off. Probably not corporate adversity day because you don't want you to get in trouble. But another time, come down and join us for a lobby day. Trust me, concerned citizens, so powerful, so powerful. And then just five simple rules for communicating with your elected officials, identifying the issues. You care about workplace fairness, and no one should lose their job because of who they are and who they love. A personal connection. You work for a corporation that has an incredible diversity program. So you know that diversity in the workplace is a good thing for business and would be a great thing for the state of Georgia to embrace for its own employees. Use the key facts to support your case. You've got the business facts. You are the knowledge experts on this. Actually, in many ways, you probably know way more about it than I do. Because you look at metrics. I look at spreadsheets and polls. Make a specific ask. Ask them to support it. Or thank them for supporting it. It's especially important for those of you who may live in suburban districts, not in the metro Atlanta core. In Republican districts, where Republicans really need to hear from you, especially the 19 that are already with us. But we know that 79, it sounds like a big number, but we actually need to get to 91 in the House. So we've still got a ways to go. And we don't have any Republican sponsors in the Senate. We have to find a Republican sponsor in the Senate. I know that a lot of you, or at least some of you, are going to live in Senate districts that are represented by a Republican. They need to hear from you. That specific act, the Fair Employment Practices Act, or any of the other things that we talked about. There's a whole host of stuff that we're working on at Georgia Equality. Certainly there's got to be something in there that's important to you. Thank them for taking the time to meet with you. We're Southern. It comes natural to us to thank folks, right? You can communicate by writing a letter. Letters. Who knows letters anymore? Uh, one person, you know, trust me, you send a letter, they're going to read it. Because it's like, what is this weird thing that showed up in an envelope that I had to open and look at? Instead, it's really going to stand out. So don't be afraid to write a letter, an actual letter, not a book. Not a manifesto. You have one or two pages. Plenty. Keep it short. Sending an email. Now again, you know, we send out email blasts all the time. Click them, hit forward, send it on. It's better than nothing. But, again, you're issue experts on this. We can help you figure out who your legislator is. Send them a personal email. If they do stand out. So if they get 100 emails that all say the same thing, they've known that Jeff told you to send it. If you send one that has a different subject line on it, that says different things, they're going to go, oh my God, I'm dealing with a concerned citizen here. Someone who's really going to watch what I'm doing. I need to behave a little bit differently because I've got a concerned citizen talking about LGBT rights. And you know what? Maybe if 10 people from a district actually write a letter or send an email, like a private email, personal email, they're definitely going to pay attention to it. They may not agree with you right away, but they're going to start paying attention to it. Because most people don't send these. And if they do send them, they're doing that, that click and send, like I'm sending. Call your elected officials. 
It's hard sometimes to reach a member of Congress. It's almost impossible to reach a U.S. senator on the phone. But you know what? You can actually talk to your elected officials all the time. Invite them for coffee. Call them during the session. Even better, we've got between now and January, like four months, that they're just waiting for someone to call. <laughs> Is that right? We're going to wait. You're just, you know, you're hoping call, right? You know, uh, but, you know, do this now. I mean, do it sometime next week or, or, or a couple weeks from now. Say you went to a presentation. You heard about this bill. You'd like them to consider it. You can do that, and it can have a huge impact. You can actually get them on the phone. Some of you, if you have special expertise, we would love for you to come down and provide testimony when we have a hearing to talk about how these issues work in the workplace. Because they love hearing about business opportunities. They really do. That's all they talk about all the time. Economy, business. We hate taxes. Economy, business, here in Georgia. You know, so it's, it's, it's really important. You are the experts on this to come down, provide the public testimony, and meeting with elected officials. If you actually show up at the Capitol, that's when they really know you're paying attention to them. Because you know their face. You can spot them in a crowd. So we can help you do that at Georgia Equality, and we hope that you will find ways of whatever works best for your corporation, your ERG, or just for you as a person. We've got to start talking to our elected officials. We know that there are hundreds of thousands of people depending upon us to do a good job with this. We know that there are people like Flint and Connie that actually suffer the repercussions of bias and discrimination. We have the ability to change those things here in Georgia. We can make Georgia a leader on this, a leader in the South, a leader around the country. We can change the entire reputation of the state we live in. It's not necessarily going to be easy, but the more of us who do it, the more effective it will be, the quicker it will come. And we know the hundreds of thousands of people that depend upon us, but we also know through that polling, the public backs us up. All we're trying to do is connect the political reality in Georgia with where we as a society already are. We believe in fairness, and you all are at the cutting edge of that. Because you live this, breathe this, implement this every single day in your workplace. You know it's not easy, but you know it, is, it can happen. And you know the great successes to your companies when it does happen. That's the story we need to tell to the legislators, to the elected officials, to the leaders of this state, and have it trickle up to the leaders of the country so that we can finally pass legislation so that our community has the same protections that other communities enjoy under the letter of the law here in the U.S. So that's my presentation before it's beer time. So um, are there one or two quick questions that folks may have? Yes. Why hasn't the corporation, we have major corporations here in the state, 
hypothesis politically, they could get the politicians to change the law so they could bring better quality talent into the workplace. Why haven't they stood up as for now? You know, there's a lot of big companies that should be um, I, you know, passing legislation that protects state employees is not necessarily the top legislative priority of most of the corporations uh, here, here in Georgia. Um, they have actually done some work uh, quietly behind the scenes. There have been notable exceptions. Delta, Coke, UPS, um, to, to name just a few, did make strong statements in 2014 when the religious uh, refusal bill first came up. Uh, last year, the politics were a little bit different because there was a big transportation bill that you know, any of us who have to drive in Metro Atlanta, yay, yay transportation. I live here too. Transportation bill was not a bad thing, but that was their priority. I'm hoping that we can find ways to engage and tell this story more effectively going forward. But, but I really need your help to do it because I'm not from corporate America. I don't understand the culture. I don't know the people. This is where we can partner together and create some change. Um, but I think a lot of it is finding the comfort level. So some of it is looking at the harsh economic realities of what happened in Indiana. Now, I know from the Atlantic Convention and Visitors Bureau, so I didn't make this number up, they did. If a similar bill passes here in Georgia, they would expect the economic impact on the city of Atlanta alone to be $16 million in the first year, just in lost convention tourism. We don't know about broader business impacts. We're still trying to get a handle on that. Um, uh, you know, folks in Savannah need to be concerned about this as well. Folks up in Blue Ridge need to be concerned about this as well. They also look and depend a lot upon tourism. Um, you know, the film industry. Uh, there's a big push to not just have production companies pop in and bring people from California with them, but to actually have a lot of people that choose to make Georgia home so work on the production end of that. Well, these are a lot of folks that we need to attract to come from places like Illinois or California that already have these protections. They may not want to move here. So there are some economic messages that can be made, and we need to, to do a better job of making them. And I think the, the, the better we get with that, and looking at it, I'm hoping that we can get more corporate support behind it. Any other questions? Yes. Um, I'm Glenn Gamble from ATL Resources. And one reason that I don't know if you one reason that I know my corporation, which is a public utility, may not be so gung-ho to go down to the capital and support this kind of thing is we have to go down to the Capitol and ask for lots of other things. <laughs> and we have to be careful what we ask for and who we ask. Because we're a big public utility, you know, we're the gas company. Um, and so when you're asking your elected officials for something, it's, it's often more about business than about your employees. So that's yes. one thing. Um, and the other thing, um, just on a personal note, thank you for showing that about um, young Mr. Dollar. My daughter um, had the exact same thing happen in March. My daughter, um, high school teacher for five years at a Catholic school in Roswell. She was forced to resign in March. Um, 
not because she got married, but because um, her name was on the website of Our Song, which is a gay and lesbian choir here in Atlanta. Um, and she was employed by the um, Archdiocese of Atlanta, working at one of their Catholic schools. And another teacher from an area school within the diocese took the information that my daughter's name was on the Our Song website. Obviously, she sang with Our Song outside of school hours on the weekends. Um, which in no way affected her ability to teach her high school choral and drama students. And the Archdiocese of Atlanta called her in in March and said, we want your resignation. And she said, no. <coughs> Let me finish out the school year. And they said, no. <coughs> Seven weeks left in the school year. And she had, you know, AP students that were preparing for AP exams. They said, no. Um, and they said, if you do not resign, we will hire a private investigator and we will turn your life upside down and if we find that you are actively practicing homosexual, we will terminate you. So you decide what you want on your record. Do you want to resign with a good recommendation or do you want your life turned upside down by a private investigator and then a termination on your record? So. This is real, this is real. My daughter resigned because she did not want her life turned upside down. And as young Mr. Dollar stated, while the Pope is coming out and saying, yes, we do want to welcome homosexuals into the church, I'm, I'm not Catholic, but what, what they're saying is that we don't, if you are, a homosexual, we want you to be celibate. And we darn sure don't want you teaching our children. That's what the Catholic Church says. So, it's, it's real. Sorry to take that. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Thank you for sharing both of those stories. Because it's, I mean, it, 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 it's the challenge of, of depending solely upon corporations. And frankly, there are some folks within the LGBT movement that talk about if we can just have corporate engagement, it's going to be some sort of magic bullet. It will certainly help tremendously that there's challenges with corporate engagement on the state level. And at the end of the day, you all do represent corporate America and you are concerned citizens. And, you know, so it is important that we have these discussions with inside our, our company to see if we can move them. Some companies it'll be easier to move them to speak publicly than others. Um, and I do hope that we'll continue to build momentum to have companies speak out because it is important and they have a, a large platform. But I also think that there are ways for you as just individuals to take this message on. And then that the discrimination is real. And I'm very sorry what, what happened with your daughter. I do think it's important to point out because both of these were, were, were Catholic schools and some folks may say, well, you know, it's different, that's a religious institution. The way the current Federal Civil Rights Act is written is that there are, there are exemptions for religious institutions but they're very narrow. So if you are teaching on the doctrine of the faith, or if you're in a ministerial position, that's an exemption. Because, yeah, all religions need to be able to define their beliefs and who teaches their beliefs. But if they have a school, and it's someone who's a choir teacher, or what was your daughter teaching? Choir. Choir. <laughs> um, or a gardener, or a cafeteria worker, no, that's about education and instruction or maintenance. That's not about the doctrines of faith. And so there need to be some limitations on that. 
Um, and so that's why actually uh, the bill that was introduced a couple of months ago, um, uh, the Equality for All Act, that actually does amend the Federal Civil Rights Act of 1964 to include sexual orientation and gender identity. So it's an even playing field with race, ethnicity, sex, and age. Um, I, I think it's going to be several years before that can pass. Um, I actually think it may be longer than any of us would like to hope because look at how stalemated everything is in Congress these days. Um, so that's why I think we need to continue to push this message on a local level um, I, and, and have it trickle up to Washington. Yeah, was there another question over here? Well, I was just going to say, since they forced her to resign, couldn't, couldn't she still pursue legal action even though like, it was her willing resignation that it was yeah, that's actually a good segue. So I've passed out um, virtually <laughs> the um, As part of uh, the campaign that we've just launched with all things being equal, um, I, the law doesn't protect us, but the EEOC has recently issued a ruling that the definition of sex discrimination, uh, they actually a couple of years ago said would include gender identity, um, and then sexual stereotyping, they're now feeling from a couple of months ago that sexual orientation is also part of that. So Flint actually got a letter earlier this year. Uh, he was fired a year ago. Uh, he got a letter a few months ago from the EEOC that he could actually pursue a legal case if he wanted to. Um, now at that point in time, the school decided to settle with him. So they didn't take it to court. We don't know if there's a legal precedent, but he was actually uh, one of the first, if not the first, by uh, uh, gay or lesbian person to get a ruling from the EEOC on sexual orientation. So that is something that I would encourage your daughter to pursue. Um, and we have a resource page on our website that talks about um, if you feel you've been discriminated against, there are some levels of recourse. There's growing, even here in Georgia, the Atlanta Human Rights Commission needs to hear complaints if it's in the city of Atlanta, the EEOC, housing and urban development. Uh, these are rules and regulations. There's legal precedents from the courts. So we're beginning to gain ground there. But actually, at the end of the day, we need to change the laws. And so that still remains our ultimate goal. Even if we can change the courts, even we, if we can change rules and regulations, unfortunately, rules and regulations are way too easy to change. Easier to change than a law, based upon who is president and who gets appointed to various commissions or to head different regulatory agencies. Um, so everything that we've gained over the last six years, we could easily lose uh, in the next couple of years if we're not, if we're not careful. So, any other questions? I think I'm out of time at this point. So. Okay, thank you all so very much. And keep doing the good work you're doing of creating not just legislative equality, which is what I do, and legal equality, but lived equality where people can live their lives without fear of who they are and who they love. Thank you. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Hi, my name is Carolyn McKenzie. I'm founder and president of Mental Health in the African American Community. Suicide claims about 40,000 lives every year in the United States. Traditionally, African Americans have felt that suicide wasn't as much of a problem as it is in other communities. 
However, a pattern has emerged among African Americans that could contradict reports of low suicide rates among blacks. Mental Health in the African American Community is a national nonprofit organization based in Stockbridge, Georgia. I started this agency because my niece had a mental breakdown and stabbed me and killed herself. We are doing something. Every Monday night, we have an open discussion called Let's Talk About It. Please come check us out at 125 Eagles Landing Parkway, Suite 121B in Stockbridge, Georgia. For more information, call 770-873-4496. That's 770-873-4496. Or visit our website, mhiaac.org, mhiaac.org. to be there, and oh my goodness, if you didn't get an opportunity to hear the entire conference with Jeff Graham of George Equality, please, please archive the show. We are archived uh, within about 10 minutes right after um, the show airs. So if you didn't get a chance, you can always listen at loudmouthradio.com, and that's loudmouth with two Ds, so make sure to put in those two Ds or you will go somewhere that is totally not us. Um, We are going to, in a little bit, have Amanda Robinson come on from Dallas, Texas, and she is going to share um, some information about the wonderful things that are going on in Dallas, Texas this weekend, but also she's going to share with us, as well as some other guest members, um, that are going to tell us about some of the things that we're not so happy to hear about in Dallas, Texas. (laughs) And not only in Dallas, but all over the place when you have people who um, just don't have the love that they say that they have in their hearts. And so they show what's in your heart comes out. You speak it, you live it, and it it shows in not such a nice way. So we want to talk about um, those things briefly. We do have a wonderful 
guest that's going to get it ready to come on our show, and I'm so honored. Oh, my goodness. He's such a powerful person, uh, just period, not because of the ego power, but because of his humility, if that even makes any sense. Is that an oxymoron? It might be. But the power and humility of the young man we have coming on is so awesome. Is so huge because even in his smile, even in his greeting, and even in his walking into a room, you just feel this magnetic energy. And so we're going to have Pastor Will Horn come on, and he's right there in the thick of things in Dallas, Texas, in the good things and in the sticky things. So I know he's on air with us. Pastor Will, are you with us, my love? I absolutely am, my love. Hi, darling. <laughs> How are you, Teddy? Oh my goodness, I'm sleepy. But no, that's the real truth. <laughs> but oh, <laughs> but oh, that's because I've been up very, very early this morning. I had my meditative time, and and actually, it's your fault. It, it's your fault. I got this <laughs> notification on my phone, and I normally turn the phone off, so you know, because we get hit with so many things. Um, and so I heard this little ding, and I happened to look up and went, what? What's going on in Dallas? Right at this moment, I need to be up praying and meditating and sending some <laughs> positive love and energy that way. So uh, before Amanda <laughs> joins us, and actually I want to tell the audience, I hope Amanda jo- joins us because I made the error <laughs> of telling our producer a time and the time was like way off of what your time in Texas. Oh is. wow! <laughs> so hopefully she'll be able to join us. If not, we'll be able to talk about her organization and the things that's going on and things she's doing. So I'm really glad right. to have you on because you can shed light on that message um, that you yeah. posted. Mm-hmm. And I know you may be doing a little something back behind the scenes because I know we do stuff when we're working and we're far away, but we hear all of the stuff that's going on back there. So, you know, you either have to tell us what you're doing or quiet and digest or tell. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry about that. So, Tell our audience, for those, you know, millions of people that are listening in Kardashians all over the world and places and that don't have the pleasure of knowing who you are and what you do there in Dallas, Dallas and and Atlanta and all over, please give us a little bit of insight on who you are and just um, what you do there and how important this particular show is to your community. Well, uh, well, first, my name is Will Horn, and um, I'm a whole lot of things. <laughs> yes, you um, really are. I am. <laughs> I'm a local pastor here in Dallas, Texas. Um, our church is called the Cosmopolitan Congregation of Dallas, and um, we really are committed to what it means to be cosmopolitan. Uh, that means to to really be comfortable and familiar with people from many different countries or many different cultures. And so we uh, are a Christian community, but we are really um, here to try to make life better for all people. So whether you identify as a Christian or not, um, our job is to really still show love, demonstrate mm-hmm. love, and do whatever it is that we can to make life better in addition uh, to, to leading that local church, I'm also a writer. I've got a book that's going to be coming out here before the end of oh, the year. It's, right. called, <laughs> it's called The Handbook. And um, it just really speaks to a lot of the issues and questions that people have as it relates to the Bible and 
questions of human sexuality and all of these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be a quick, we'll, you know, uh, ready reference for that. Um, I didn't intend to be, but I um, have gotten the, the title of activist attached to my name as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I don't even and, know how you didn't intend to be. You cannot be a pastor <laughs> and not be an active. You have to activate the community into absolutely. movement. So don't even try absolutely. it. <laughs> well, you know, hey. So I've been doing, um, you know, just some work here lately, just really lending my voice uh, to a lot of the social ills that we find going on in our great country. And so mm-hmm. when it comes to things like non-discrimination ordinances, you know, as it relates to the LGBT community, uh, religious freedoms, uh, religious refusal is what I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been mm-hmm. lending my voice to that conversation. Um, we've got some things going on here in Dallas, even this weekend, that I know uh, you, you and Amanda will probably talk about a little bit later. But I'm uh, actually getting ready to head uh, down to uh, something that they they hold here called Teen Pride. So in addition to the the bigger Pride celebration that they have here in Dallas, they have one that is dedicated to our young people. uh, For them to be able to come and to to share with one another, to to find resources and and encouragement and those kinds of things. And and we got word here from our LGBT liaison uh, with the Dallas Police Department that there was an organization that was planning a pretty hefty uh, protest, a demonstration mm-hmm. uh, just outside of the gates of Team Pride. And, of course, we've mobilized here in Dallas um, the community, the religious community, the the, the, the business community, and the LGBT right. family to go and to just really cover our young people today. And so yeah. I've pulled together yeah. a team uh, that's just going to be there to provide spiritual support and encouragement for those young people, many of whom are already afraid and alone and, and really feeling insecure about who they are. And so we're just right. going to go down there and wrap our arms around them today and just make sure that they have a wonderful, wonderful Teen Pride celebration today. You know, and that's that's the little um, alert that I got this morning. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and mine came in about 5 this morning. Um, and yeah. so, which was a good thing because I was able to get up and just really begin to, you know, lend my energy and love in that direction. And matter of fact, I put out a, a, an SOS and said, okay, somebody needs to get from worse to action down to Texas because I need to be a part of this shield. And it, you know what? Let me tell you something. People love no matter what. And sometimes yeah. it does not look like you know, love is there or help is there. But, you know, I, I want my listening audience to know, my, my administrator to know, Ebony Woodruff called me. She said, I'm on it. I'm on it. And um, called me a little bit later, sent a, sent a message a little bit later and said, I have two tickets to Dallas, oh, Texas. However, fantastic. it was going to be way past the time because of last minute. And okay, so lovingly, lovingly, I hugged her through that text and said, you know, it's, it's just amazing to have the people who believe in what you do and support what you do and love the community and love our children. These are pain. You know, what people don't realize is they look so much at the sexuality. They look so much as at the alphabet and the and the acronym of LGBT that they forget these are children. These the are children. children. And these children need to be able to say, um, 
I'm okay with being me. They need to say, I want to meet with my friends and have a, you know, fun time in the park. They need to say, I want to dress up and act crazy and, you know, normal teen things. Exactly. And the inability to do that because of a sexual sexual um, identity is absolutely absurd. And for us to be adults, for us to be adults, I'm going to say it again, adults. Wrong folks to be coming out with such hatred against anybody, period, but against the children. Well, here we we are, Jazzy. It's it's amazing that you know love uh, love love covers a multitude of of sin or faults or issues or problems that you know the Christian scripture tells us. But it's amazing how that hate always, always, always reveals itself. It's 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 like a cancer. And, right. you know, it, it it was heartbreaking, you know, to hear that they plan to do this. Um, but I think it was absolutely necessary so that this could be brought to the forefront so that it could be put out, so that it could be snuffed out. And that's what we're going to do today. You know, someone, uh, when I was putting the word out, was just really, really upset because I, I put this out to my friends all over the country. And they responded and said, I can't believe that they would do this against kids. Why don't they show up at the regular Pride event and do this? And 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 the issue is that it's cowardice. They they know that you know the young people can be intimidated, but those of us who have come to a place of clarity about who God has created us to be, we're not going to just stand for that and and allow them to just do whatever. And so they 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 want to come against the lift. And, and those who aren't able to defend themselves, but that's okay because we're going to stand in the gap and defend them. Uh, it's our responsibility, and so um, you know, I, I just look at it this way: everything happens for a reason, and uh, when we put a call to action out there, uh, it's for us to go and really take that action uh, to, to do whatever it is that we can to make our world better. Hi, so Pastor Horn. Yeah. Hi, our producer just busted in hot. (laughs) Pastor Horn is here. I think Amanda also is is joining us too. Okay, fantastic. I think I think Amanda's on producer is is Amanda with us too? Amanda's here. Amanda, hi. Hi. I'm so glad you you are able to join us. I was just telling um, Pastor Will that I was so proud of him for taking on this responsibility in the community as well. Even though he's a he's a pastor, he's using the words that he teaches to actually do. He he's demonstrating his belief in action, and Absolutely. so we're excited. We're excited about him joining with you, and I'm so glad to meet you over the phone. Yeah. <laughs> So tell us in your words, and Pastor Will, if you you want to stay with us, we want you to stay. If you, I know you're getting ready to join over there where they are. Um, so you know, either way, you can stay or you can listen or you can go and be a part of that. But Amanda, please tell us and tell our listening audience why, um, why now, why, why, and what you do. Um, and just about the day so we can have everybody um, over here in Georgia and all over the world aware of what's going on. Okay. 
Uh, well, we are a nonprofit organization, um, a youth-based organization that focuses on at-risk teens. Um, so right now we have a specific focus on LBGT youth based off of the statistics that are going on with LBGT youth. You know, 75% mm-hmm. attempt suicide, um, 40% are successful, um, 50% drop out of high school, uh, bisexual girls ranked number one in teen pregnancy. So the list just goes on and on. Forty percent are homeless. There's three thousand homeless teens right here in our city in Dallas um, that a lot of people just don't know. Um, and there's no homeless shelter actually here for Dallas to be a major metropolitan city. There's no homeless shelter that is specific for LBGT youth. And so um, we host this event, um, which is one of our larger events, which is called Teen Pride. And our goal with Teen Pride is to connect these young people with community resources. It's the connection with other youth like them. Uh, mm-hmm. Celebrate pride. Amanda, Amanda, wherever you are, you, you started to go in and out, sweetheart, and we want to make sure that we're hearing exactly what you're saying because this is really important information. And so I don't know if you can hold one foot up in the air and stretch out an arm or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm down in the basement. <laughs> okay, let's, let's try it again. Our goal is to connect youth with other LBGT youth. It mm-hmm. is to connect community resources. Uh-huh. Our goal is to also create a safe space and a safe environment for them to come out and celebrate pride. Um, our tagline mm-hmm. is developing connection. We really focus on the create atmosphere for them that also um, gives them the opportunity to voice how they feel, for their voices to be heard. Um, a lot of people don't know that, but this LBGT rights civil mo- rights movement, a lot of it does not include youth, and so youth don't feel like right. they're, in- although they're the most affected. And so, a lot of these statistics that I just gave, they're not new; they've been going on. It's been happening for a while, but there's oh, yeah. a lot of sources that's doing anything about it. And so, we're one of those organizations that's really trying to do something about it and make a difference. And so um, Teen Pride is just one of many, many, many events that we host. Um, and so this one seems to be the largest for us, though, um, because as you guys know, when you have Pride celebration, it can get drowned, the kids get drowned out with all of the other stuff. You know, we right. sponsors to, you know, club sponsorships and stuff like that. And so it doesn't include them. So we got to be very important for them to still be prideful and celebrate Pride in a positive, healthy perspective. You know what, I love that, and I'm going to fill in some of the gaps because I know it's just a little bit choppy, but overall what what you're stating is what most people are really not aware of from state to state, and that is how large of a gap the LGBT youth have in the um, inclusion, or I would say the non-inclusion in, you know, the larger pride events. I know some places have, like, teen um proms and, you know, teen parties that they would normally be totally not a part of or totally not feel welcome in their high schools and in their main schools and things of that nature. So they do have some things, but it's not a large number that really focus in on the youth. Now, they will have some parties, and once you hit 18, they might let you come in or 21, but anybody under 
you know, 18 and under, they don't usually get to be a part of the mainstream, and, and which is really something that I think once we get to a certain age, we just kind of forget, you know, just, okay, go do you, be you. <laughs> Every age that a child comes out is 13 years old. So if exactly. I'm 13 when I'm identifying, then there's really no resources for me. You know, um, I had a mom call me for a 12-year-old and said, hey, I want to bring my 12-year-old out. She turns 13 next week. Is it okay if I bring her? I said, sure, please bring her. You know, and yeah. so it's just imperative that they are exposed. Um, I think this suicide rate being, you know, 40%, uh, it's, it's, it's the whole, it stands out, and it says it's because they feel alone. They feel like they don't identify or connect with other people that look like they feel on the inside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the sad part is, and I know I was giving someone some statistics the other day, because we, we do the same thing on this side. However, we, you know, because we're inclusive of other components of homelessness or, trans, you know, housing transitioning and, and just in need, period, um, we don't get to hone in on certain avenues like we want to. So we always want to partner up with other organizations where we can specifically say, here's the resource in the areas that we're coming into. So, you know, when we go from state to state, we touch, we love, we hug, we do the best that we can with the resources that we have, but then we leave. And so our goal with From Words to Action Outreach Ministries is to make sure we're hooking these individuals, these kids, these adults, women and children, we're hooking them up with an organization, individual or business, that will help them to continue to receive love or continue to um, find the resources for jobs and homes and so forth. But when you're giving people statistics like when a child is saying to their parent or their guardian, I am I am doing what somebody told me to do. I am being my authentic self. They told me to find a trusting individual, um, whether it's my parent or my guardian, and tell them my authentic truth. And so here I am saying, as a child, as a young teen, um, mom, dad, auntie, grandma, or whoever, I am identifying as this, or I feel this, or I'm not sure what I feel, but I kind of think I'm gay, or I'm bisexual, I'm transgender, or whatever, their statement and their story. And most of the time when they tell that story, these kids are being put out on the streets for that fact alone. Most of these kids are extremely smart. Yep. They do they really have done well in school because they're most of them are overachievers because yep. they don't want anybody to see or know their secrets. And yep. so when they tell them that and then then they're out on the street within forty eight hours, they are already turning to sex. Yeah, it's terrible. So the work that you're doing is amazing. Um, I, I'm so excited because we have the opportunity to come to Dallas um, doing uh, Southern Black Pride in Dallas. And um, so we want to hook up with you, bring some resources and do what we can um, to help you do whatever it is you do. But tell us about the, you know, I do. Pastor Will was saying that, you know, he sent out a message and said, okay, we need the covering of those that love our children, whether it be physically, whether it be in prayer, whether it be to get the word out for, the, for other people. And, you know, I took that seriously because if I can be there, I'm there. If I can't, I need other people to know. So what what have you told 
your kids and families to expect? How do they need to handle themselves? Do they need to retaliate? Do they need what is the instruction that you're giving for your kids for today? Um, so our um, executive director, Cosette Cosery, she actually um, sent out a mass message to all of the GSAs that we work with. She sent out, um, you know, press release. And our, our message is, you know, our theme for this year is Woodstock. And our theme was peace, love, and team pride. You know, all mm-hmm. lives matter. And so we want to definitely keep that same theme going. You know, um, our volunteers had a meeting last night when we were here on the grounds with setup, and we talked about, you know, having, you know, just we set the tone that we're going to set, you know, um, you know, the feel for what the day is going to feel like. And all of us have just been so humble and grateful all day long. We're laughing. Mm-hmm. We have tie-dye all over the place. And, <laughs> I saw that. and um you know we we haven't even opened the gates yet and we probably got about 40 kids out here already on the ground and um you know we've been uh escorting them from the trains and the buses uh personally walking them into the venue and so um we have police uh liaisons here and we have the community that's already started to come out. They've started to build their barrier of love. We probably have about 50 of them out there lined up. That is um, so I wonderful. Mean, I know Pastor Will just said, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, we have the protesters here as well. Um, they've been out. They were out before noon, actually. Uh, before we could mm. even get started or even begin to even start our setup process, they began to already organize. And um, it looks like. Mm-hmm. I started to party of them, and before I knew it, I looked up and it was more of us than it was them. So um, that's what it's about. It's about being able to just shield our children with love and just show them that they are accepted and that they can come out and celebrate their pride, you know, and have a day about them and not about all the other negative stuff. I know that's right. That is so. I'm I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of. Um, you being tenacious enough to say, I- I'm just not going to let this stop me. And and I think, you know, just reading your story, you just won an award and um, mm-hmm. placed all over the Dallas Voice. Tell us a little bit about it, because I know you got to get back, but tell us a little bit about that award and just wh- how that started, that just a little piece of the story from Mississippi and why this is so important to you. And I think it will tie into why you do what you do. Most definitely. I, I come from very humble beginnings. Um, I grew up in a small town in Mississippi um, called Macomb, and um, I was a grandchild of nine. Um, a, lot, a little bit of everybody in my family raised me. My mom was initially a single parent when we were very little and young, so she worked two jobs. And, um, my grandparents were sharecroppers, and we worked in, you know, in the garden, and we would go and pick eat and, and potatoes and corn, and mm-hmm. we all of work and um, we would come back and get it all prepared to freeze it and put it away and my grandmother would bag it up and make us then go out and deliver it to all the neighbors in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would be mm-hmm. her because we were out there in the sun all day and working. All day. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it's something that I realize now that she instilled in me that stuck with me, um, which is that it don't cost anything to help and um, all of us have something in us that is useful and that, um, you know, we're, we all can help. And it doesn't really cost you anything just to encourage somebody, just to do something nice right. for somebody. Right. And 
And so that's that's kind of the same. We definitely a second a organization of second chances. And so we just believe in paying it forward, and we want to be able to be those role models and, and lead by example. You know, that's the one thing that we feel that young people don't have is enough of us stepping up and leading by example. And so um, don't have a perfect path, and none of us do. And so that's the oh, one God. thing that we okay. can help with. You know, you're one decision away from changing your life for the rest of your life. And so at any moment, you can turn your life around and do something completely different. I love that. Now, before you go, because I know you got to get back, tell us the name of your organization, how we can get in touch with you, um, and then we'll post that also on our website, on our social media, so that people are aware of what's going on in Dallas, Texas. And then when you finish all of this and can take a deep breath, we'll hook up so we can know how to partner up with you and what to bring for our kids. Most definitely. Our organization is Real Life Connection. You can find us on our website at RLC, like Rob Larry. Wait, wait, you're going too fast. This is radio. <laughs> They're not going to be able to, to hear. So slow it down. It's Real Life Connection. And that's uh-huh. live. D-E, Real Life Connection. Mm-hmm. The website is So Real Life Connection, 365 days a year. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so we're going to put that information out so that people know how to get in touch with you. Amanda, I'm so proud of the work you do. We'll definitely keep this in. How long is it going to go for today? Pink Pride is from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. You guys can follow us on media. We also have a GoFundMe. We're currently raising funds to file for our 501C so that we can become independent and really do the work. And um, I tell people all the time, if you look at our page and look at what we're doing with no money, imagine what we can do when we got money. Girl, listen, we speak in the same language now. We are speaking the same language, but we definitely, you know, where we we are able, we impart because we know that what we sow, we will reap. So definitely we want to be able to be uh, a part of your outreach and, and what you're doing there. Thank you, honey. Have a wonderful time. Please post pictures, tag us, you know, send us some, and and so we can share all of the good, good fun because we want to see more of the love and the excitement than we, we dare want to promote all of the foolishness. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> thank you guys so much for having us. Thank you for the exposure, and thank you for the support, more importantly. And um, just, oh. just just share the social media and, and, and encourage a kid. It, my goal is for everybody today, if you see a kid, just encourage them. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, honey. Go have fun and save me a tie-dye shirt. No problem. <laughs> have a good one. Oh, my goodness. That is so awesome. I'm so excited. Like, I feel like I'm there. I feel like, okay, come on, producer, let's put on our shirts and and go out um, and join the kids. But you know what? It is for each and every one of us. I don't care what state you live in. It is for each and every one of us to find out what is the deep passion and the calling to do for our community. Everybody's not going to be called to the kids. They're not going to be called to the homeless like we are. They're not going to be called to, you know, taking care of the pets or the elderly, but whatever your deep desired calling, your passion, your love, your I cannot live without doing it, don't keep sitting on it. You have to move from the words and put it into action. In other words, 
you know, you've been sitting there for this long, long time saying, man, I just love working with senior citizens. And I used to do that when I was in the Boys and Girls Club. Or I, I used to do that with my grandma or my auntie or whatever. But, you know, I'm so busy. But whenever I can, I promise you, if you just flip that around to, I cannot not do it. I have to go, you know, once a month. I have to go find the senior citizens in the neighborhood, at the community um, um, facility. I have to, I have to do, I got to take them to the Zumba class. They can sit in the wheelchair, just move their arms. I have to take them to the park and just have a conversation. And I'm just using that as an example because there's something. I'm encouraging you. I don't care when you hear this um, recording or if you're listening to it live right now. I don't care what it is you have within dig deep take hold of it take authority of it and move from words move from the thoughts of it to the action of it call and find out how you can be involved in somebody else's life listen if you can't pay your bills now when you go to help somebody you are so grateful and you're so happy and you exude happiness you exude joy Joy and happy things come to you because you're putting it out there. Sitting at home being depressed about the bill that you cannot pay only brings more depression and only brings more negativity. And and all I'm saying with any of this is it doesn't matter where you are in your life, whether you have a whole lot, whether you, you know, you have a whole lot of time, a whole lot of money, a whole lot of anything. You just heard Amanda say it really does not cost anything to encourage somebody. But it does bring on great joy to you. And so what you put out in the atmosphere, in the world, in the universe, in the ground, it has to come back. So I'm encouraging you today to take hold, find out what it is that you really want, that wanting, and do it, do it, do it, do it. We have from words to action. From Words to Action Outreach Ministries, we do travel from state to state. We also travel across the globe and we go countryside, you know, in other countries. And we call ourselves global servants because that's really what we are. We serve the community in any way that we can. We join with other organizations, other churches, other businesses, individuals that just want to get out and help. If we have one bottle of water, we bless one person. We hug them, we love them, we share with them, they share back. And each one of us is happy. If we have tons, then we give tons. So whatever we get, we give. And we continue to ask because if you you don't ask, you don't get. So, you know, please forgive us if it sounds like begging. But we're just asking because we're passionate about what we do. And we are passionate about the people that we come in contact. They're our street family. They're in transition. They are hardworking. They're diligent at what they do. Some of, some people we help work. They just don't have enough money to take care of all of the necessities off of minimum wage. So we love what we do. Support us so that we can support organizations like Amanda's. It's not we're not just in this for us. Of course, we have to pay, you know, the phone bill, the cars, and the gas, and everything we need to get to do the work but overall when we make it we turn right back around and give it I'm telling you I promise you I have given away more comforters more brand new sleeping bags clothes off my back shoes to the point that sometimes I turn around like 
I don't have a coat. <laughs> I don't have a sleeping bag to go camping. Or whatever it is, I give because I love to. And I give because the smiles that comes back and the joy and the tears and the and the request for prayer and I mean guys it's it's serious out here but we, we do get a joy from doing what we do. So having said all of that, please support us at from words to the number two action dot com. You'll find out ways that you can give to our GoFundMe and then our GoFundMe will turn around and give to Amanda's GoFundMe and um all of the other organizations that uh, we support will also allow us to get the RV that we are still believing God for. I just believe somebody's going to hear this show and just donate an RV to us so that we can go from state to state and we can assist these kids. We can assist the veterans that are on the street. We can assist those women and, and men who have come out of sex trafficking and been thrown you know, to the streets from society because they have charges for being the victim. Isn't that terrible? But nevertheless, help us so that we can spread love across the globe. That is always our, our desire and our goal. But um, if you are in Dallas, Texas, please join them today. Um, go on their website and uh, find out how you do that. We have all of this posted. We're going to go to break. And I thank you so much for joining us on this special edition. We thank you for listening to Jeff Graham because he gave us some amazing facts. And, um, you know, when you're doing a good job on your job and you're still being discriminated against and can be fired at will just because you're gay, not because you did anything, but just because you're gay or transgender or bisexual or lesbian or whatever your identification is, it's not right and we have to change the laws, which means we need to vote. We need to find out who our representatives are. We need to vote when it is a time to vote. Find out when your voting day is state to state and help us get laws passed to protect not only our children but if you identify as such yourselves and if you are an ally you may know somebody you may have a friend you may have children or family members so we all need to be protected so that we can all live in a healthy and wholesome community and we're going to just let you listen to the music right now and then we're going to go to break You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Are you ready for the best pizza, wings, subs, salads, desserts, and more? Stop by Pizza Day at 5248 North Henry Boulevard in Stockbridge, Georgia, open seven days a week. Contact us for your daily lunch and dinner specials. You can like us on Facebook at It's a Pizza Day. Also, make sure you visit our website at itsapizzaday.com and order online. Delivery is also available, and if you haven't heard, let them know that you heard this on Loudmouth Radio. Double Max, located at 5620 Fairburn Road in Douglasville, Georgia, serving up the best Philly steak, wings, burgers, and salads in the Douglasville area. They have been in this area since 1997, open up seven days a week right off of Interstate I-20 on exit 37 next door to Pizza Hut. Visit them online at BubbleMax.com. 
Once you go Max, there's no turning back. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Hi, my name is Carolyn McKenzie. I'm founder and president of Mental Health in the African American Community. Suicide claims about 40,000 lives every year in the United States. Traditionally, African Americans have felt that suicide wasn't as much of a problem as it is in other communities. However, a pattern has emerged among African Americans that could contradict reports of low suicide rates among blacks. Mental Health in the African American Community is a national nonprofit organization based in Stockbridge, Georgia. I started this agency because my niece had a mental breakdown and stabbed me and killed herself. We are doing something. Every Monday night, we have an open discussion called Let's Talk About It. Please come check us out at 125 Eagles Landing Parkway, Suite 121B in Stockbridge, Georgia. For more information, call 770-873-4496. That's 770-873-4496. Or visit our website, mhiaac.org, mhiaac.org. We are live here at Bubble Max in Douglasville, Georgia. It's been an awesome Saturday thus far, and this has been an amazing broadcast. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to this full broadcast in its entirety, we're going to suggest that you go online and pick or choose an app that you may want to uh, go and listen to our shows. We are on Stitcher Radio, which is an over 5 million in-car dashboard system, TuneIn Radio, where you can actually archive every single show that we've broadcasted thus far. We're excited about our growth. We're headed into our third year from January, and we don't intend on slowing down. So when you get your opportunity to uh, pick up your tablet, pick up your phone, make sure you look up Loudmouth Radio Network, and make sure you put two Ds in to archive us. We're available on demand 24-7. And if you, too, have a business and you desire to get your business out there and allow the world to hear more about you, Make sure you check us out on loudmouthradio.com, and you can also contact us at 706-363-3895. We are available to talk to you at any time, whether it's by email, by phone. You can always join us online on our studio lines at 347-826-7520. Now, this afternoon's broadcast has been an amazing opportunity to bring to you a great forum from the Out and Equal Atlanta Workplace Leadership Forum that was hosted at Newell Rubbermaid Headquarters on Friday, I was actually hosted on Friday, September 11th. Jeff Graham, Executive Director of Georgia Equality, spoke vividly on LGBT diversity in the workplace and how there's still existing threats for LGBT residents in the state of Georgia. So, you know, find out what you need to find out and, 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 and fit in and get in where you can. As well as we want to thank our Dallas family for coming in and informing us what's happening on the ground there. So, like always, we want to invite you to make sure you tune in to our radio shows, which we'll be broadcasting again next week. And we'll be excited to actually bring you the owner of Bubble Max online with us next week on Tea Time, the Entrepreneur Academy. And uh, I think that's all I have. So, enjoy the rest of your Saturday afternoon. God bless.
You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. <laughs> 